This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.38 in the morning, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Chong Jensen and Wong Xiaoning. In half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But we're turning our attention to Budget 2023 because we're still checking in with various stakeholders uh, on their reactions to the budget. And uh, we are looking to uh, the political reactions, speaking to a political party for their views. We're turning to one of the smallest parties, Party Socialist Malaysia or PSM, which didn't contest in the re- which did contest in the recent general elections, uh, but didn't win any seats. Uh, they, actually, PSM continues to be an independent party, and according to their literature, one that embraces socialism that strives for an economic system that ensures fair distribution of wealth in a democratic and equal society, free of exploitation. So, what does PSM think of the revised budget 2023? Did it hit the mark or fall short of expectations? We speak to Dr. Michael Jaya Kumar Devaraj, chairperson of PSM, for the party's view of the budget. Good morning, Dr. Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. So, tell us. What are your overall impressions of Budget 2023? The Prime Minister made addressing cost of living pressures and redressing inequality a key feature of his plan. Did it hit the right notes in catering to the needs of the people? Actually, um, we are a little bit disappointed you know, with the budget because some very important uh, issues haven't been properly handled. Uh, one of them is health, healthcare. We can really see how our government healthcare system, which is so important for people, is really struggling. You know, there's not enough facilities, there's not enough staff. Uh, you know, uh, emergencies are crowded. These people stay a day or two before they get into the wards. So we were hoping that you know uh, they would increase the health budget by more than what they did. They only gave about 36.2 billion this year. That is less than two percent. But even last year, the previous uh, Minister of Health talked about 5% of the GDP, you know, the amount of 5% of GDP should go to health. It's only less than 2%. We're hoping it can be increased in stages to 4% or 5% in the five years, but this is only 1.9%, you know, and uh, it is not enough. So it's not really handling the real issue. The real issue is we need to put more money into health. You know, so so 36 billion is not enough. We're hoping for something above, above 40. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see that, you know, because you can't go from 2 to 5% in one year. I mean, that the system will need more time to factor in this money, you know. So you've got to build it up to 5% over, you know, maybe five years, seven years. But you've got to build it up. This hasn't been built up at all, you know. The other issue is like food security. And in food security, we are importing about 50, even more, 50% of our food. And uh, what they talk about in food issues, they're talking about automacy and digital digital land. But the real issue is our food producers are being uh, pressured, are being harassed, like in Perak, vegetable farmers, having their lands taken away and given to developers in a large scale. Now, right now, we're working with 14 different areas where land is, you know, farmers have been there for 50 years, 80 years, have been chased away. We have a situation in Penang, in South Penang, the reclamation project is going to devastate the whole fishing industry there. And that's an important source of uh, fish protein, South South Penang, not only from the coastal fishermen, but also the fish cages that fix the new bridge. It's a major source, source of fish for the country. 
and all the sand mining and land accumulation is going to cause a problem, you know, in terms of uh, oxygen demand in the water is going to go up and uh, fish are going to die. So that's not being addressed. Or paddy farmers have brought um, resolutions to parliament requesting for how the distribution of their subsidies should go directly to them and not through middlemen. You know, they've talked about the monopoly practices of Burnas and how that should be handled. Mm -hmm. All these things are not handled. So, I mean, you, you, you're not handling the major issues that we were hoping could be handled. Mm -hmm. you know? One other thing is the our low-cost flats, especially in the Klang Valley, in, in Johor, in Penang, or low-cost flats that are, that are private are really slums, mm. uh, urban ghettos. And we were hoping more money could be pushed in to, to kind of rehabilitate them. Okay, but uh, Dr. Michael, there were tax cuts and there were some incentives given for the M40 and B40 to address the cost of living issue. Um, is it impactful enough? At the same time, critics will say that the budget had... Robin Hood-like uh, specifications because the T20 will be taxed more in tandem. Yeah, I think the tax cuts, you know, and this um, Tunai Rama program will help a bit, you know, but the, the main problem with the B40 is that we are a low-wage economy, you know, and the low wages are in a way integral to our economic plan to bring in FDI. And uh, we are perpetually scared that if we raise our wages too much, then uh, investors, not only foreign investors, but even domestic investors, will go to Thailand instead or go to Vietnam instead. So we really we are stuck in that uh, paradigm, you know, and we've got to address that. So one way of addressing that is we can't raise wages high enough. We can talk about the social wage, like, for example, a better healthcare system, like, for example, a universal pension system, like for example, subsidized housing, PPR schemes. But even if that we don't do, we don't do both. We can't raise wages, and our social wages are quite uh, low. You know, we, we, we don't. It's only tokens. See, we're giving about 8.7 million for the Sumbangan Tunai Rama to 8 billion, 8 million, uh, 8, uh, 8 billion to 8.7 million recipients. Works out to less than $1,000 per person per year, you know. It's, it is of some help, but it's not really that impactful. It's still going to remain in a lot of trouble. And Dr. Michael, during his speech, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim also emphasised his commitment to table a government procurement act to improve transparency, but details have yet to be released. What would you like to see in this act? I like this act to kind of uh, enhance the role of the Auditor General because that, that department comes out with a lot of good insights. So I would like that, that the act should say that all procurements should be notified to the Auditor General automatically and that we should also have more frequent and extensive audits by the Auditor General Department. We should also have something in the act that empowers the Auditor General Department to prosecute. Right now, they just highlight, they flag it, and they wait for the, the AG's chambers to do something. But whether we should kind of have a part of the AB's chambers under the Auditor General to, to start this process. And there should be penalties for the long wrongdoers. 
and also the immediate superiors of the persons found to be mismanaging funds should also suffer some consequences. You know, if my my officer is uh, mishandling funds, that means my supervision isn't quite right. So I should suffer some consequences. So I think these are the kinds of things we like to see. And um, Dr. Michael, I guess you've talked to us about some of the gaps that you see from the budget. There are a lot of things that fall short of mark. Um, are there any positives that you would take away from this budget, recognizing that uh, the budget is a short-term plan? Many of the things you pointed out are long-term issues that will require time to address. But was there anything that uh, you felt was um, positive about the budget? Well, I'm happy there's no GST. That, that's a good point. Uh, the tax on luxury consumption, I think, is a is an interesting way to expand consumption taxes. That we go more for items that the T20 would tend to buy, you know, instead of going for across the board GST. So that's a good thing. The capitals gains tax is a small baby step. It's only against uh, unlisted shares disposal, but I think it's a good first step that we should go for some kind of a wealth tax as well. Huh? Uh, the SOXO for Grab riders, making it mandatory for them to become Grab drivers, I think it's a good, good way to go because mm -hmm. it will make sure they get some degree of uh, social protection. So yes, those are the, those are the things I'll say are, are good about the budget. All right, Dr. Michael, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Dr. Michael Jayakumar Devaraj, Chairperson of Party Socialist Malaysia, giving us his views on Budget 2023. Quite critical there of some of the uh, elements that he feels doesn't address the long-term urgent needs of the country. I think we really have to wait and see whether there'll be follow-up to this. Uh, just to note that we have reached out to other parties as well. We reached out to Brigitte National for their views, but they have yet to receive a reply. We'll let you know if we hear back from them. It's 888 47 a.m. We're heading into some messages and when we come back, we're going to discuss efforts to tackle online scams. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.